Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. All right, Kentucky, Georgia, Tomorrow, 5-9 and nine, Georgia taking on 11-3 and three, Kentucky. This game is going to be in Rupp Arena. Should be an interesting matchup. We're going to break it down uh, for you here on today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Let's just go ahead and get into it. We're going to start with the Georgia offense. You know how we do breakdowns here. We're going to start the Georgia offense. We're going to then move to the Georgia defense. And then we're going to give a final evaluation, ask some questions about this game, and we're going to get a uh, a final score prediction in as well. So Georgia's offense, 70.6 points per game, which is 11th in the SEC. And as we noted uh, in the LSU preview, we noted that the LSU offense was slightly above average. Well, I have it on my notes here, slightly underneath average. The Georgia offense, again, 70.6 points per game. Their pace of play is also quite average, 128th nationally in adjusted tempo are the Bulldogs, so they aren't running up and down the floor like LSU is in transition. From what I've read about Tom Crean, his teams thrive whenever they do that, but it doesn't seem like Georgia's doing that uh, this season. They don't put up a lot of shots either. 55.6 field goal attempts per game is actually dead last in the SEC, and that kind of surprised me because, again, most things that I've read about Tom Crean and his teams at Indiana was the fact that they thrived in transition. They put shots up, and there were a lot of different things that stemmed off of that that they created offensively, and so it just kind of confuses me why now Georgia and Tom Crean offensively seem to have taken a a step back, and obviously guys like Severe Wheeler uh, who who now play for the Kentucky Wildcats last season? I mean, those guys thrived uh, in that in that type of offense. So this year, I don't necessarily. I guess they just don't have the pieces to do it. Um, but from what I could find, uh, this team has taken a step back in terms of transition offense and in terms of tempo and different things like that. They don't take a lot of threes uh, either. Only twenty one per game, which is tenth in the SEC. So what have we noted here? They're not a very fast-paced team. They don't put up any shots at all. In fact, they're dead last in the SEC in doing so. They don't put up a, put up a lot of threes. The fact that they make seven, or the fact that they get seventy points per game out of their offense is surprising to me. Except this will not surprise you after you hear it. Weirdly enough, the uh, the, the Bulldogs get twenty one percent of their points from the foul line, and they shoot almost seventy two percent from the foul line. So it all kind of starts to make sense. It's like, oh, that's how they reach seventy points is because they get to the foul line often. They make about fifteen free throws per their average points per game. So if they score seventy point six points or seventy one points on a night, they fifteen of those points were from free throws. Stylistically here for the offense, Tom Crean is going to throw a bunch of different things at you. I couldn't find anything set specifically. We noted with LSU that they like to run a weave offense. That's what they like to do with Tom Crean. From what I understand, he's very, very diverse in what he likes to throw at opposing teams. A lot of different sets, a lot of different interesting interesting things when it comes to the half-court offense. He's not known for one particular thing that's a, a staple of his offense. But what I could find is that he does utilize high ball screens and pick-and-roll pick action just like we saw out of Missouri, if you listen to that breakdown. Uh, so so the, the Georgia offense 
it kind of feels like it's very, it's very, very simplistic. There's not a whole lot going on. You're not seeing a bunch. You're not seeing a ton of shots getting up. Uh, and, and overall, it's a slightly underneath average, uh, slightly underneath uh, average offense. 14.4 assists per game for the Bulldogs. That's eighth in the SEC, 44.2%. Field goal shooting, that's also eighth in the SEC, uh, 71.4% from the free throw line, like we mentioned earlier. That's seventh in the SEC. Three-point shooting. 31.2%, that's 11th in the SEC, and then the outlier here, all of those sitting at slightly underneath to right at average statistics, 35.4 rebounds per game for this Georgia Bulldogs team. That is last in the SEC, and what do we know about the Kentucky Wildcats? They're a very good rebounding team this season. They do not let teams control the glass very often, and so that could potentially be a matchup nightmare for this Georgia team if they are not able to grab, grab rebounds on the road in Rupp Arena. It could be ugly for this Georgia offense. I just I think that they could be having a very difficult time. Key contributors. I unknowingly after I I, I put together a, a list of notes before I start the show, and I unknowingly actually picked Ken Palm's top three contributors uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs here. But three contributors in this game that will be key: Aaron Cook, point guard, ten point two points per game, two point seven rebounds per game, and six point eight assists per game. He's their lead guard, uh, played at Southern Illinois, uh, then played one year at uh, Gonzaga, and then transferred uh, to the Bulldogs this past season. He is going to be the guy that's moving the ball around on offense in the half court. He's going to be the one directing it. And Georgia, when you go and look at the Ken Palm depth chart, and you look at minutes, and you look at point distribution and stuff like that, Aaron Cook is the primary point guard for this team, and there's not really much depth after him. In fact, he gets about 80% of the minutes at point guard for the Bulldogs, and that's very, very high. Uh, It's split between him and then one other guy who gets about 20%. Um, It's it's really weird, uh, the lack of depth in certain areas for the Georgia Bulldogs, but that's what happens whenever, I believe, nine players transferred out of their program this past offseason, so got to do what you got to do. All right. I do not want to butcher this kid's name, and I apologize if I do so, but Oquindo, uh, I believe is his last name, is it's uh, Cario Oquindo, I believe is his name. He is a lengthy guard that plays really well in transition, 12.2 points per game, 3.9 rebounds per game, and about an assist per Contest Again, like I mentioned, plays really well in transition. When you watch some of this kid, kid's highlights, he's very, very explosive, uh, about six foot four. So you're, you, you love the height there in uh, a, a shooting guard. He leads the team in field goal attempts with 136. He's going to be a guy that could potentially provide a spark for this Georgia team uh, if they are going to, uh, to stand a chance in Rupp Arena on Saturday night. All right, Braylon Bridges, the third key contributor here. 12.8 points per game, 5.9 rebounds per game, and 1.2 assists per game. He's a veteran forward, transfer from UIC, which is University of Illinois at Chicago, and he's also the team's leading scorer. And I went and looked at some of his game logs, and it kind of feels like when you look at some of his, his numbers when they win and then his numbers when they lose, Braylon Bridges, that is, He's very important whenever the Bulldogs win games this season. He scores points. In uh, in the disparity between his averages when they win and his averages when they lose is actually quite large. It's like two and a half points or something like that. 
Uh, so whenever Braylon Bridges, their leading scorer, plays well, they typically win. And whenever he doesn't score, uh, they typically don't. So he will be somebody that the Wildcats need to look out for uh, on defense, look out for him whenever the Bulldogs are on offense. I think he is going to be uh, a very interesting piece to watch in this game. All right, we're going to talk about um, the Georgia defense here in just a second and how they could potentially affect the Kentucky Wildcats. There's probably not going to be a lot of affecting going on on the defensive end uh, for the Bulldogs. But all right, Kentucky fans, let me tell you about an incredible app everyone who needs to buy, buy or everyone who buys gas needs to know about, and it's GetUpside. And if you have GetUpside, as all Locked On Kentucky listeners should, then you would be making about $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. If you download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now, using promo code SCORE, uh, you would get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up, and that's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. You can get cash back now using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Today's show is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoff. We're just about wrapped up with bowl season, but the NFL playoff mix. It's, it's very, very interesting right now. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, the Georgia Bulldogs defense. I noted how the offense was slightly underneath average. The Georgia defense bends to the will of the opponent. What do I mean by that? Well, I did a little statistical digging. Uh, the math department here at Locked On Kentucky has been doing a phenomenal job over these past few, uh, past few uh, episodes. Georgia has played 10 teams, ranked 200th or higher in the Ken Palm rankings. Again, let me, let me repeat that. Georgia, the basketball team, has played 10 teams ranked 200th or higher in the Ken Palm rankings. And there are 358 teams in D1 basketball, so 200th or higher is not particularly impressive if you're floating around the 150 to 200 range. But it doesn't matter. Georgia's played 10 teams that are higher than 200th. Out of those 10 teams, Georgia has held only one of those opponents underneath their average points per game, which was Wofford. Held him to 68. Wofford scores almost 77 again. So the UGA defense bends to the will of its opponent, especially if it's a legitimate opponent. And I classify legitimate, I guess, as somebody ranked higher than 200th nationally. Um, but if you're sitting around that area, you are not even close to a, a NCAA tournament berth, whereas I believe Kentucky is. Kentucky's one of the top 20 teams uh, in the Kim Palm rankings. So I think this Georgia defense is going to have a very difficult time controlling this Kentucky offense just based off of that number alone. They've seen a lot of different styles. They've seen Virginia. They've seen Northwestern. They've 
they've seen uh, they've seen Georgia Tech, they've seen Wofford, like I just mentioned, and they've not handled those teams well. They they didn't they didn't handle George Mason well. They gave up 86 points to Eastern Tennessee State. Uh, I mean, this is a team that has just bent and bent and bent against legitimate competition. And again, I put that in air quotes because. I don't really know how legitimate uh, their competition has been this season. Their their strength of schedule is somewhere in the mid 200s. I believe it's 238th. I want to say I don't want to uh, don't 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 quote that as, as as accurate, but it is somewhere in the 200s. But point being, this Georgia team's not played a lot of great teams, and when they have played an average to slightly underneath average team, they've had a really hard time uh, keeping them from scoring. The basketball. They gave up 73.1 points per game, which is 277th nationally. They are 276th in defensive efficiency, so their points allowed per game, and their efficiency is absolutely terrible. They are dead last in the SEC in steals per game at about five and a half. They are 12th in the SEC in blocks per game uh, at a little under three blocks per contest. They are, they uh, they do one thing well, and this is not even that good. The, they only foul 14.7 times per game. That's 55th nationally. And what that indicates to me right there, those final three statistics, uh, they don't steal the basketball, they don't block teams, and they don't foul teams. Just based off of statistics alone, it sounds like there's no defensive pressure whatsoever for the Bulldogs. It sounds like they they aren't even really playing defense. It sounds like they're just a bunch of guys out there just kind of standing there. It doesn't really feel like they're applying pressure to a team. It doesn't feel like they're trying to make a team uncomfortable. It doesn't feel like they're trying to make a team do something different than they are accustomed to doing. It feels like Georgia has just kind of let teams do what they want so far this season. And you and I noted early on in the in the non-conference slate for Kentucky that it felt that, that, that it felt like Kentucky was doing a similar thing. Now, as the season has gone on, Kentucky has started to apply pressure on the defensive end, but these guys have not been doing it the entire year. And they're two, three games in a conference play. By the way, they lost to Texas A&M uh, just the other night, uh, night ago. And if you saw how offensively inept Texas A&M was last season, uh, it, was, it was terrible. Guess what? The Aggies scored 82 points. Ouch. Again, there seems to be no pressure defensively whatsoever for the Bulldogs. And I just don't think that there's going to be a lot that stops Kentucky from doing what they want in this game. And we'll talk about the absence of Severe Wheeler, and we'll talk about what this team's going to do, at least I believe, in a minute here. But it does not, it does not seem like this is a good matchup for Georgia, both offensively, defensively. Obviously, it's a team that's 5-9. and nine. But if, if these statistics were even slightly better, and this team was sitting uh, around somewhere like around 500, maybe something like that, even if they were like 8-6, and 9-5, and five, I would still say when you look at the, this team, it's a really bad matchup against a Kentucky squad that can press you up and down the court, that will apply pressure to your defense, and make them do things that they are uncomfortable doing. And it's an offense or excuse me, it's a defense that has learned how to apply pressure itself. So on both ends of the floor, I think Georgia's going to be very uncomfortable throughout this game, not to mention it's on the road and it's it's in Rupp Arena. And I know over the past three, four, or five seasons, this game has been relatively competitive. This may be the least competitive roster Georgia has put together in quite some time. And, and and that's not exact an exaggeration. That's not me being dramatic. That's legitimate. 
this Georgia team, I'm not saying Tom Crean should have been let go last year, but I would not be surprised if he was at the end of this season. That's just my take on it. All right, we're going to talk about some final thoughts here, some questions about this matchup, where we're going to give a final score prediction here in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it might even taste better uh, than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it unlike other protein bars, which could be chalky, waxy, grainy, tastes like sand, or tastes like a chemical spill. You, you don't want that. You want Built Bar. And if you want to eat healthy, uh, you, you know, obviously you're going to want to go for foods that, 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 that are healthy for you, but it just gets so boring. And by like week two or three, you might be thinking, you know, this just really isn't worth it. You know, where's the chocolate? Where's the things that actually taste good? And Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. And most Built Bars contain about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, sugar 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 300, uh, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens and dozens of net carbs. So Built Bars are healthier, and they taste better. And they've got so many different flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel. Those are my two personal favorite flavors. And mint brownie. And so many uh, different more flavors. In fact, Built is always coming out with something new. Uh, they've always got limited time flavors coming out. So check out Built.com to see what's new. And you can go to Built.com using promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, final few minutes of the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you've made it this far on the podcast, really appreciate you listening. If you're still watching on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment what you thought about the LSU game. Tell me what you think about this upcoming game against Georgia. Would love to hear your thoughts. And make sure you have notifications turned on on both platforms so that you do not miss the next episode of Locked On Kentucky. All right, Kentucky obviously does not have severe wheeler in this game. Or at least I don't believe they will. Coach Calipari said uh, that he's day to day and that he will be he will be assessed before the Georgia game. I don't I don't believe he's going to play. Um, Ty Ty Washington will. Yeah, I believe that he will. So I think he and Davion Mintz are going to be running the show for Kentucky. And like I mentioned just a minute ago about the Georgia defense, they don't put pressure on anything. They 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 don't put pressure on anything. So Ty Ty Washington, Davion Mintz, they should be just fine. It's this is not going to be the LSU game where everybody's get, got a hand in their face and a hand and a hand pushing them around. Uh, this is going to be, I think. I think Kentucky's going to just kind of be able to bring the ball up the court relatively calmly. I think they're just going to kind of do whatever they want. Now, I could come I could come out Monday and be like, Georgia hounded us from the tip to the very end of the game on the defensive end, and it was crazy how much pressure they put on. But based on the statistics, does not seem like it's going to happen. Uh, without much intensity on the defensive end, for Georgia, I think that it opens up not just Ty Ty Washington and Davian Mintz to kind of control the point, but it opens up every single aspect of this Kentucky offense. So that means Shebway, that means Keon Brooks, the king of the two-point jumper, and that means Kellen Grady getting open for threes in transition. This team's going to score points tomorrow. Now, I will say, 
How does this team, I will ask the question, how does this team respond after playing so jittery in transition against LSU? That could be something Georgia's looking at, right? It could be something on film where Georgia's like, okay, this is what makes this this Kentucky team tick on offense. Let's see if we can apply a little pressure. I don't believe that's going to happen, but that may be something that they're looking at. But this will also, on the flip side of that, asking how this team's going to play in transition, this could be a fantastic get-right game for Kentucky because they're playing a team, like I just mentioned, that does not apply any pressure whatsoever on either end. Shaden Sharp, I've not talked about him on this podcast at all. Uh, five-star shooting guard out of the state of Arizona. He He's not going to play in this game, but he's officially on the team and he's practicing. And he could be huge for the Wildcats moving forward. Um, especially coming off the bench because you're asking for valuable minutes out of those players. And if uh, if Severe Wheeler is out for, for an extended period of time, uh, Shaden Sharp could provide some interesting uh, interesting statistics off the bench. And there's not there's not any Division One game film on him yet, uh, so he could be surprised for some some teams moving forward in conference play. Also, want to note was looking at some of his numbers earlier. He's gonna get a, get a load of this kid's uh, high school name. The high school that he attended was Dream City Christian High High School. That is a that is such, I don't know why I think that's just such a cool high school name, Dream City. Man, that's a that's a cool name. All right, final score prediction here, and then we'll get out. Like I mentioned earlier, Georgia does not hold opponents underneath their average points per game very often. I think Kentucky scores over. Uh, I think they score eighty-seven, and I think Georgia scores right at their average of seventy. Um, I think this is one of those games where it's just shots will go in at some point for Georgia. And we've seen Kentucky slack off at different points during t- even against teams like Missouri in conference play. So I think 70 points is fair for Georgia, 87 for Kentucky. That's my final score prediction, 87 to 70. If you want to leave a comment with your final score prediction on the YouTube page, would love for you to give your thoughts on this matchup. But that's my opinion. Uh, again, this Georgia team, I just don't, I don't see a lot in them. I don't see a lot of heart in them. Don't see a lot of fight in them. Five and nine on the year. You beat Memphis. You can hold on to that uh, for for quite some time, but I don't think they're going to be able to get the win in Rupp Arena. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. We're back on Twitter. I have the twi- I have the Twitter account. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. Message me. Ask me a question. You can follow the show on Twitter at Kentucky Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Daw Pound. Again, that's going to do it for today's episode. I will see you all on Monday. Have a good one, and God bless.